everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Girlfriend's Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Tati. And I'm your host, Ellie. And we want to say thank you guys for joining us for another episode. We have some lovely guests that we're going to introduce shortly. Um, But if you guys are new, Girlfriend's Guide Podcast, we talk about everything, life, sex, dating, racism, Black Lives Matter, and women's health as well. Um, If you guys are new to us, please follow us on Instagram, girlfriendsguide underscore podcast, and join us on our new YouTube journey, Girlfriend's Guide Podcast, where you can see our lovely faces, see our reactions, and really get a better sense of the Girlfriend's Guide experience. Um, We always usually start with a catch-up, where Ellie and I just kind of debrief our week, let you guys know if you have any announcements coming up, any of that. Um, at this point, by the time this episode comes out, towards the end of April. Oh, we're also recording on Easter, and I know this is last, like, we're not going to hear it on Easter, but happy Easter to everyone who celebrates. Um, like I said, this episode's coming out way after that, but still. Um, by this time, Ellie and I would be on our way, we would be back from Miami, because we're going to Miami this week. Um, my birthday would have passed. Shout out to me, 26. What else? Oh, I dropped, I would Big 26. Um, I would have already dropped my project, which I'm not going to say. Oh, I can say what it is, technically. Well, you know, yeah, you, you just, I know, but you just never know. Oh, okay, we'll be talking as a project coming out. So yeah. you guys, by, by then, we'll by know now, You should have seen it. Um, yeah. go to, It's going to be on Girlfriend's Guide on our page. So go check that out. If you haven't, also going to be on our YouTube. Um, other than that, Catching up, why I don't, Ellie? Anything? Yeah, I, I have nothing else to to say besides I'm gonna be living my best life this summer. Period. So, oh, <laughs> the streets are calling my name. The streets are calling my name. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just came back from Miami three weeks ago. That was my humble trip, and this week it is my, I don't know what to call it, trip. But, <laughs> it's not a humble um, trip. Though. I'm going back to Miami again after three weeks. Um, but yeah, I plan every month. I'm going to be taking a trip, and that's what that's what it, that's what I need. That's, that's what our self care. It's my self care. It's it's my this is how I'm treating myself. You know, so I I advise everyone do this if you can. <laughs> oh, side shout out to Ellie and the natural puff because oh. I don't think you can see your natural hair. You too? No. This is the first time. No, this I is the first time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of getting used to. I started my journey like three years ago. And I think this is last year, 2020 was like the first year where I rocked my natural hair. Mind you guys, this is my second time going natural. Yeah. <laughs> you went back to the creamy crack at one point. No I judgment. went back to the creamy crack. No judgment. Um, I'm not going back to a creamy crack anymore. But yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of Getting used to, I'll have a whole episode on natural hair yeah. and like learning about it and how mm-hmm. to take care of it. But thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> well, so guys, next up, our catch up is going to be short because we got the guests. So we have um, our meme of the week. And you guys will be able to see it on the screen. But basically, it is a pregnant woman. And basically, it's just showing the things that stating the things that pregnant women feel and go through that we don't necessarily think about. Pregnancy is a amazing, beautiful experience. You, you're you able to give life. But it's not... That's basically 10 months. 10 months of getting bigger, hormones, 
And that affects you in so many various ways. And I feel like we're always taught that like pregnancy is such a beautiful experience, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? And it's the beautiful experience. Yeah, I have my child. But that's like the after effect. Let's talk about pregnancy. And and even the after effect, honestly, isn't always as glamorous as people make it seem. And I'm just so happy where we have these, we're going to have this episode to talk about the realities and what we can do to help and support people, pregnant women, and people specifically pregnant women of color, Black pregnant women. And I'm just so happy to have our guest here. And we have today with us Stephanie and Francesca of Haitian Women Rise. And if you guys, you guys already know we're Haitian. So you guys already know when we was like, ooh, Haitian Women Rise. We were like, okay. 509. 509. We had to get them on. We're so, so incredibly happy to have them. Just our meeting prior, just talking. The vibes were there. So I hope you guys can feel that through this episode. And I hope you guys learn a lot. So Stephanie and Francesca, please come on in and introduce yourselves. Hi. Hey, guys. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Francesca. First of all, thank you for having us, okay? Of course. Thank you for joining (laughs) us. Okay, so um, we're both the two co-founders of Haitian Women Rise. Um, uh, my name is Stephanie. I said that. <laughs> I'm 28. Um, I graduated with a, a bachelor's in biology, and then I got my master's in um, the ethics of healthcare. Um, I'm currently working in a pharmaceutical lab, making medicine, and I'm in the process of applying to PA school. Yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so, um, as I already mentioned, my name is Francesca. I am also 28 years old. I'm currently in nursing school right now. Um, the field that I work in right now has nothing to do with what I'm going to school for. I'm <laughs> a legal at a law firm. And my hope is to continue my education and become a nurse practitioner. Yes. So mm-hmm. I know that our audience should know already, but I'm um, currently a nurse. I'm an NP school. Ellie is public health. She just got her master's. And yeah, you guys know by now, she's on the journey of becoming a doula. So it's yeah. just the healthcare field in this episode, yeah, the melody yeah. magic, the haste. I just love it. I just love it. And I'm so excited to talk. Um, so that was just a little bit more personal about them. So now, first question is, how did you guys get started with Haitian Women Haitian women Rights and why? Okay. Um, so funny enough, I think that when we first explained the story, people automatically think that we like came up with it together at first, but, um, originally like this was two separate ideas. Like I had my goal of doing something and then Stephanie had her goal of doing something. And one day randomly, um, this summer, yeah, mutual friend's house. And like, we were just talking about our future plans and, you know, girl talk, catching up. And basically they aligned like. We both, with our medical backgrounds, wish mm-hmm. to one day build a clinic in Haiti. Right. Um, where, you know, helping women and children. So when we both thought of that, we're like, we're like, okay, so what first step can we take right now? So we thought of um, making a platform. Right. A community organization, like, just to help pregnant woman. Right. And then I think another thing that kind of motivated us to do this is that, again, there are so many... Um, 
racial disparities in the healthcare field that don't favor Black women. And obviously, because we aren't necessarily in the field yet, we're like, you know what, we still want to do something that still helps our community, even though we're not actually working as, as nurses yet or working as like PAs yet. We still want to make a difference. So we found a need and we decided to try our best to fill it. <laughs> so that's how we really came about. It hasn't even been a year yet. Like no, it has it has not even been was a year last yet. June? Yeah, June. June. That's when yeah. we started. And now we're here. <laughs> I know. And you're just gonna you guys definitely need to need to celebrate. Take it from me and Ellie. Our year happened in January and we couldn't really celebrate the way we wanted to because of corona. Mm-hmm. But things seem to be kind of opening up, precautions are being made. So if you guys definitely can celebrate go ahead and do that. That's such a a big milestone hitting that one year. And I love how you guys, like you said, you guys not aren't necessarily in the field that you want to exactly at the moment to make the change, but that's not stopping you from still making the change early on. And that mm-hmm. that that um characteristic that that drive is what's going to make you guys go really far because the fact that you guys are thinking we're not there yet but that doesn't mean we can't start let's do something that's going to take you guys really far right thank you yeah that that means a lot you guys are doing amazing keep doing what you guys are doing and you guys have the greatest platform to like um spread awareness so Mm -hmm. just keep using that platform and like tati said the fact that you're starting now and not waiting until you're a nurse or a PA to, to do something. And then the change starts now because the change right. can like, yeah, the change doesn't matter what you, um, what, who you are, but like what you do. So you guys are doing great. And I like how you mentioned that. Cause I feel like so many people have this misconception that in order for you to make a difference, you have to wait until you're where you want to be. And it's like, no, if I'm alive right now, that means I can make a difference right now. Yes. There's always like little steps you could take at first. Right. Until you get to your big goal. So Right, exactly. All right, we're gonna stop this right here. <laughs> Once <laughs> Oh Andy. Andy, you'll edit this out. You already know. You mean you mean G V. Oh G I why do I always Andy and GV, I always get you guys confused. I don't know why. GV will just cut this part out for us. Yes, no problem. So then we'll start back up. Well, we can start with you going on to the next question then. Okay. Um, Yeah. Let me look at this next question right now. Okay. Is there any noise that you think that I was... So sorry, but... Girl, it is Easter and we're Haitian. We understand. <laughs> we we understand. We understand. As soon as I heard the doorbell ring, I'm like, ah, damn. <laughs> I'm like, damn. I already have to text my dad. I'm like, listen, don't come. And I have to tell my mom, like, listen, relax. I didn't warn them, though. That's the thing. <laughs> she did. She did. She's like, it's listen, okay. we, need a podcast, we need silence. <laughs> 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 so what we'll do we'll pick um we'll pick back up and we'll just have ellie go straight into asking you guys the second question okay just okay just do a countdown a countdown yeah So what do you think contributes to the imbalance in pre- and postnatal care for women? And is there anything you notice that you think contributes to the high mortality rate of Black women? 
Um, so Stephanie and I were actually speaking. Actually, yeah, so we spoke about this like last week or two weeks ago on our um on like on our on our Instagram story. Um there's a huge imbalance between prenatal care and postnatal care in terms of how we treat the mother. And I think oftentimes when the mother is pregnant, we're so concerned about the mother, we're so concerned about the baby um, that like is inside the mother. We're constantly asking them like, hey, are you sleeping? Hey, are you eating? Hey, do you need anything? All these questions. But as soon as um, the baby leaves the womb, the focus shifts from the mother to the baby. And that's, I don't want to say that's a bad thing, but it kind of is a bad thing because we have to realize that the mother needs that same type of, that the, the mother still needs to be poured into as well, you know? Um, so I think that's where the imbalance lies. Um, I'd agree. Um, I say that, I don't want to be like harsh, but like once the baby is born, it's just like, there's no, I feel like, mothers are just like waving it like they don't really have any guidance mm -hmm. um so they get into this depression like and i don't know this is me assuming and from what i see i had a have a lot of uh friends who have kids have children been pregnant um right. they just feel like they have no guidance so like where do they go from there and then i think even towards like the second question i think the fact that Black women aren't heard enough. Um, I think oftentimes we think that because you're a Black woman, um, which we, we are strong, we are strong for sure. But I think that because we're a Black woman, I think people think that... We're expected to be stronger. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. And it's just like, no, I need help now. So even if I were to tell you that I need help, I think that that kind of gets swept under the rug a little bit because it's just like, mm, probably not. So I think the fact that Black people aren't being heard, which means that they probably aren't getting the attention and the care that they need um, when they need it. Because if right. I tell you like, hey, I think there's a problem, I think we should go to the doctor. It's kind of just like, mm, are you sure? Like, this is how it should be. And then again, that leads to, like, like this leads to complications down the line. Yes, I love what you just said that like, oh, are you sure this is how it should be? It's kind of like, obviously, just in terms of like labor, obviously it's a painful experience. Like we, right. like we understand that there is going to be a threshold of pain there, but at the same time, it's just kind of like, this is how it should be. No, like if I'm telling you that something's off, like even though I know this is supposed to be painful, this is, but I'm telling you something's off, this is not how it should be. And even if it is how it should be like, validate my feelings enough for me to understand that exactly. I can feel comfortable to come to you if truly something is wrong because then the minute I know for me to like the minute I feel like someone makes me feel like I'm crazy for thinking a certain way I'm just like all right bet you won't hear from me again but that's like who was that really hurting that's hurting myself and it's just kind of like we don't also want to be that stereotypical black angry woman it's like well i'm in labor i'm angry regardless black white asian purple blue. like it's not a comfortable situation so there's already a level of annoyance a level of my patience is this thin it has nothing to do with me being a black angry woman i'm a woman in labor in pain right. but because i'm black now my voice is silenced right like all of these odds are against us not even just race but just in being a woman and being that pressure now you have this added struggle of being a black woman trying to advocate for yourself 
in such a traumatic experience, which is mm-hmm. wild. Right. It exactly. tries to silence us completely. Like you said, just because they make you seem like you're crazy and something is wrong with you, um, you start to think, okay, maybe I won't say anything anymore because I'm just, I just seem like that crazy woman. Right. So, try to silence you but instead instead of um, being silenced it's best if you just continue to speak up right speaking up for yourself you're speaking up for um somebody else and Mm -hmm. to continue what you guys um, are saying about like what's making this very unbalanced for black women is that i do want to bring like the healthcare system into this and um insurance plays like a major role like insurance is the major barrier when it comes to prenatal and postnatal care and the reason why I say this because children having a baby is such a financial burden like Mm -hmm. me right now it it couldn't it couldn't it couldn't happen um I just financially I'm just not ready to have a baby and I know a lot of women they're like oh financially I'm not ready to have a baby and a lot of women they don't have insurance Mm-hmm. Private insurance only covers certain people that have certain socioeconomic background. So right. most black women who live in poor communities don't have private insurance. And it's the mm-hmm. private insurance that have like the best postnatal care and the prenatal care. Right. So it's just like um, a lot of black women who are either on Medicaid, I believe, Medicare. I always get this mixed up. Um, one so, of them. Yeah, one of them. <laughs> so when they, they're on that type of insurance or they don't have insurance at all. So if they don't have insurance at all, what postnatal care and prenatal care resources are they getting? None. Right. Right. Not for their baby and not for themselves. And it's important for women, especially black women, right. to get this care because when you don't have prenatal care, that is not good for you that's not good for your baby and when you don't have postnatal care that's not good for you that's not good for your baby so it's unfair in the healthcare system how um black women have to suffer and not um acquire and not have insurance and i wish there was like an easier way for them to get insurance but it's like the system builds like this barrier that makes it harder for them to to get to get insurance so it really makes it tough for them as much as they want to care for themselves and advocate they have a huge system that is like blocking them from even getting these resources i think that that goes in hand kind of with the lack of resources too because even if depending on where you live or like what your social class is um even if you were to get insurance like kind of like what you said it's like you're not being offered um you're all that you need yeah it's like, like the, the most, bare minimum the most basic insurance you're given like not even covering emergency room visits so it's <laughs> like <laughs> my insurance and it and it's kind of just like where does that leave you it kind of feels as though okay now you're kind of leaving me to hang it's just like so what happens next and th- th- that's a whole nother conversation because i have a lot to say about insurance and all of that it's deep rooted yeah like, let's just say that. it upsets me, Very. Upsets yeah. me because when you when you really think about the amount of women that are pregnant that don't get the resources that they really need is really sad they're out here alone out here alone and the system is supposed to care for us supposed to you know we're supposed to have the best system out here but you're not caring for us right and it's pretty sad 
Um, I watched this video earlier, not earlier, but we like posted a video on our page like a few months ago. And it said even the poorest white woman who doesn't even have insurance or probably has the least amount of like health insurance gets a better care than um, the most successful, like the most successful black woman. That's crazy. And that to me, that's for, that's crazy to me, first of all. But that shows me that there's a gap. Like, you telling me that even if I were to have the best insurance, that someone that's that the poorest doesn't like like they, like their health needs comes before mine. And again, that brings us to the conf the, the, the conversation that there's so many racial disparities in the healthcare field. Yeah. Like that should not be it whatsoever. Kind of like no matter how much money we have, we will always be at a dis- disadvantage. Right. Always, always, which is yeah. so so unfortunate. Um I just have, so we're going to take this conversation just a slightly different route. And this is mm-hmm. something that I really want to, like, this question is probably my favorite because I feel like, especially now, just in society in general, man, woman, whatever, and mental health has become such a prevalent thing, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's become such a prevalent thing um, in the Black community, which is great. Even myself, I just started therapy last year and that's something I never thought that I'm not grown up I'm not crazy I don't need that you know what I mean and um a lot of my friends now are starting to starting therapy as well so the fact that being in tune with our mental health and emotions is such a becoming such a prevalent thing I feel like when I was young and I heard about postpartum depression oh they're crazy like literally that was just my oh you had a baby why are you sad like you, like you have a baby. This is what you wanted. You should be happy. Not even understanding that the hormonal imbalance alone, alone, just that portion of it is already something that affects you so much more than I thought. And not even just that. It's just kind of like you can be happy that you have a baby, but like that is a whole new territory. That is a whole new world. You are now a mother forever. Like even the eighteen years, your kids could be thirty five. This is now a new space that you can never escape. And it's kind of like. No one can prepare you for that. No one can prepare you for that. Even if you are a mother and this is your third child, now you are a mother of three. It's different from being a mother of two, being a mother of one. So I just want to talk about postpartum depression and kind of like, really, like, what is it just really like feeling of being sad or people would say being crazy or like people don't say it really does have an effect on you. And like, um, what do you guys think about postpartum depression and how can people take it more serious than what we used to take? And how can we like destigmatize women who go through this? Do you want to start off? You can start. Okay. Um, so, uh, Tati, so I was kind of like you before. Um, when I first thought about postpartum depression, I'm just like, okay, they're kind of bugging. Like, they're like, this is like one of the most beautiful blessings ever. I'm gonna do them to get it together. And to be honest with you, I feel like the only reason why my mindset kind of um, shifted and my perspective changed is because of nursing school. Um, and and there, like, that's when I was more so taught, like, there's so much more that happens with postpartum depression. And think about it, like you said, this big experience just happened. And it's just like, okay, like, my mind's changing, my body's changing. Now there's a whole human that I'm taking care of. There's so many emotional things going on. There's a lot of things happening. And again, with mental health, we tend to sweep things under the rug. When I first told my, like, my parents, 
mommy and daddy, if you're watching this, sorry. But, 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 but like when I first told my parents that I was like thinking about therapy, they're just like, why do you need therapy? Like, you're yeah. fine. Like you're, you're yeah. like, you're blessed, you're healthy. You, you have, have two shelter. feet. You have, like what's to go to therapy about? And it's just like, all his parents are like the same. It's just crazy. It's just yeah. You've never been through anything. I think they like. I was talking to my mom about this the other day, but like they've been through. I don't know about your parents, but my parents been through everything. Like you know, from living in the shack in Haiti with all their brothers and sisters, losing their parents early. So it's like they look at me. And I've never even had those odds against me, anything like that. And they're just like, all right, what are you stressed about? What are you sad about? Like, Mm -hmm. but what they need to understand, like, we've had different experiences. You can't invalidate minds because it wasn't like yours. Like, I don't think they'll ever get that though. (laughs) Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Like you went through yours a hundred percent, but I'm also going through mine. Like, yes. And that's honestly, when we really think about it, just me saying that, that kind of feeds into the, like, Black women don't talk. Like, even yeah. our own are silencing our voices without them even knowing. So it's kind of like, if you're in your own household, you feel like you can't advocate for yourself. Who am I to feel comfortable to advocate to anyone else, especially if they don't look like me? Exactly, right. exactly. So I think that first, we need to change our mindset when it comes to mental illnesses, when it comes to going to therapy, when it comes to all of that, because I feel like the only way a change is going to happen um, is if we change our mindsets first. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay to go to therapy. It's okay for you to um, feel as though you are, like, feel as though you are, like, depressed because you just had a baby. Of course, you can still have thoughts of joy. Like, you like having thoughts of joy doesn't mean that you can't be sad as well too. Right. So I feel like once we shift our mindset, it'll be easier for a pregnant person or someone that just had a baby to say, you know what? I'm not doing okay. And I need help. And then even so, like, I know there's a difference between postpartum blues and like postpartum, um, like depression and so on. Um, so even with that, I think that I just want to make sure that it's clear, like having postpartum blues, like that's like temporary stuff. Like that's what I like, I guess normal. But I think that once you get to the case where you are feeling as though, or you've been diagnosed with postpartum depression, that in that case, it gets more serious. In that case, chronic. Yeah. So in that case, you like need more help for sure too. So again, do not be afraid to ask for help if you need it. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad mm-hmm. that you brought up the postpartum and the postpartum blues because I've heard of baby blues. And most women, they have baby blues for like three to five days. It's normal for women around that time to have baby blues. But I think it's um, postpartum like starts if it's lasting. If your baby blues is lasting more than two weeks, that's when you should be like, Okay, I think if you're having the symptoms of sad and like, you know, you're you're not having a close connection with your baby and you're not wanting to hang out with friends and family, that's when it's kind of like two weeks in. You're like, okay, I might have postpartum. And that's when you should definitely go seek like medical medical help. And there is medical help therapy. And um, a lot of women, they think culturally too, Haitian women, you know, it's just like, oh, um, when you go seek therapy, you're crazy. And everyone sees having a baby as such this joyful thing, but it it's a lot of work mentally and physically. And um, I always tell women this postpartum is not just a week or two, like you're good to go the next day. Postpartum is like four months. 
I literally say like, give yourself time, give yourself time to heal, give yourself time to heal mentally. It might not hit you like in two days or four, four weeks. It might hit you the next month. Like give yourself time to heal. And a lot of women just think that they are a bad mom because when you're not close and connecting with your baby and you're this way and you're that way and you're supposed to be so happy and cuddling and loving your baby. And if you're not doing that, you're a bad mom. That doesn't make you a bad mom. What makes you a great mom when you're going when you're going through postpartum depression is you seeking help, you seeking therapy so you can be the best mom for for that baby and being the best woman, the best person for yourself because who's who's going to show up for yourself than yourself. And also the last thing is that a lot of times uh, when women are going through postpartum depression, they often just, you know, they stay silent and it's better if you like find someone that you can talk to seek and really rely on and um our last episode before this we talked about doulas there's childbirth doulas and there are postpartum doulas and um a postpartum doula is the great best thing you could possibly have because it's like your home your postpartum doula comes over you can take a nap you can do what you want and that postpartum um, doula is going to be there to either help you um and help you while you nap or whatever you got to do but it's just that help there that you know, maybe you're, you don't have family or your mom or your dad or sister to help you, but you have that postpartum doula that knows really well, um, all this. And there's one, the last thing I want to share. So I was on your page guys, and I was just, um, just reading and I saw that you guys brought this, um, you guys posted this and it's my Haitian postpartum herbal bath. I know all my Haitians. Yes. I know all my Haitians know this. The um, they call it bang. Yeah. And I know I'm getting after I have my baby. I know my mom's coming over. Yes. She's giving me. I want it. Same. That's honestly the first time. Like when you um brought that to me and showed mm-hmm. me about it. That's the first time I heard about it. My never wow. told me about that. So I heard. Like, I don't really know the the background of it but it's just so you know everyone has like their tradition that's yeah. our tradition and I definitely want to do that and I know that my mom she'll be like you, you, don't you see your grandma my grandma's 90 years old she's like don't you see your grandma the only reason why she's like this is because she she, she does bangs like she mm-hmm. does baths for all my non-Haitians like bangs are baths so you, they give you these herbal baths that really help you to um I don't know, make you stronger after you give birth and really helps you. So I saw that on your page and I'm like, I love it because it's just so cultural. <laughs> um, so it's funny because like a friend of mine who's not even Haitian sent it to me and she's like, I think this would be good. So then I started reading it and I'm like, mommy, did you do this? She was like, and so there's three of us. So I, there's me and then I have two brothers. She's like, yeah, I did it for all of you guys. And that's exactly what I plan on doing for you too. Like, so even something like that, I'm excited to have because I, one, I love all things like tradition and so on. And again, like that's something that's so like holistic that that's, that you're not necessarily putting loads of whatever inside of your body, like a natural right. type of healing, which I'm all for. So Kind of off topic, but it reminds me of like, have you guys heard of the Yoni steams? That we've actually, me and Ellie, just yes. recently. Yes. I, just I just did it today. I've been going for the past. I did it last month for the first time, and I just came back today from it. And honestly, when I did it my first time, Tati was the reason why I heard about it. Like she went to one and told me about it, and then um, I'm only doing it. I know people out here like they're doing it for for the walk 
for the WAP. If you don't know what WAP is, then you're too young. Get off this YouTube, get off this podcast. <laughs> uh, everyone's doing it for the WAP, but I'm really doing it for just my menstrual cycle. I don't have the best menstrual cycle. It's like I have the worst cramps. Um, so I really wanted it to help me. Um, I heard that a lot of people said that it really helped them. I did it last month. My cramps were so much better. And um, I just did it today because I want to do it right before my period comes. And honestly, from the last time I did it, my period from a scale of one to 10 was like a seven and it went down to like a five, my cramps. So I'm hoping the second time is much better, but it is so like, it feels so good. Like you're sitting and you're, you're smelling all the natural herbs and it, it feels good. And honestly, it does feel good. I add to that. Um, yoni scenes are supposed to like help um any, you know, any past lovers in the past that just, you know, linger on in there. That's just, you know, a little thing. I don't know if I necessarily believe in that, but it's like, why not? Why not try that? You know, if you're trying to get over someone and you know, victimize is a real thing, unfortunately. So, you know, just get a little yoni steam and then be good, be okay. I've never heard of a yoni steam whatsoever. So I'm going to have to ask Stephanie this afterwards. It's okay. So it's you, you see the herbal baths we're talking about? It's a uh -huh. herbal bath for your vagina. Uh -huh. Like um, all different types of problems. Odor, um, tightness, wetness. Uh -huh. <laughs> like um, fibroids too. There's been like a lot of fibroids. Okay. That's a way to help your fibroids. Okay. I'll send you the page of where I go. It's, it's yeah, please. Yes, I got you. Oh, so you guys, go, sorry, you guys no. go to the actual place. I yeah. just like ordered a, a a kit. It comes with. Yeah, <laughs> you can do that too. Yeah. Let me tell you though, um, do not do a yoni steam in plastic. That is dangerous. I know a lot of people don't know, and people are selling them on their website. But plastic is actually not good with heat. That makes yeah, that's sense. that makes sense. I know. So I think what's the smartest thing to do is literally get a. I know I'm gonna sound mad Haitian. Literally get a shodzia, like the pot, and like put your herbs in there. And if you could find like you know like the the um the hospital chairs where they give the elderly people to use the bathroom. I don't. Oh jeez, a commode, a commode, a commode. Yeah, or something like that. Or you can find a chair that's like you can take the seat out and has like all the four sides. You just need something to sit on, and you can put the the, um, the pot underneath you so you can feel the steam. And always put like a hot towel or something to cover it so the steam can stay like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right, don't use the plastic girl i was about to do that and then i was reading about it and it's very toxic, uh, it's toxic. that sounds scary oh go ahead oh so super off topic well, not off topic but to go backwards really quick how do you guys feel about the whole like snap back for like people who just had a baby and like so on like do you feel like that's too much pressure on way too much pressure way like already trying to be in shape no baby is already a hassle now you just gave birth to a human being and everyone's pregnancy is different in terms some people literally are just all belly and they're fine some people carry weight in a lot of different places and once they drop the baby i, I always say drop the baby I, it's such a bad way of saying once they give birth <laughs> it's like it doesn't go back and i just feel like 
There's so much and one woman, Sierra, even though her snapbacks are always this last baby, she showed her stomach. Like she still looked once people give birth, they still look a good four to five months pregnant right after. Like your stomach just doesn't go flat naturally. And she showed that. And I just feel like there's so much pressure on women to go back to looking like they did before, even better. And it's like, yo, do you understand? I had something cooking in me for 10 months. And it's just like now I gotta take care of it for the like. We're not already. It's just kind of like the woman is the soul. Even if they do have help from like mothers and husbands, like it's the mom's job in terms of like we already know the woman's the one who's getting up in the middle of the night, feeding. Like realistically, the dad can do so much, but that's the for the first couple of months, it's really mom and child. Where do you think I'm having time to snap back? I'm trying to find time to breathe and eat and sleep. And I think the pressure that society puts on women to snap back is ridiculous because these celebrities that snap back already before they weren't natural. So the snap back is unnatural. Okay. Oh, Kardashian, she was just like, after I had the baby, um, the media was saying how like, you know, they're making fun of me. I was like a whale and stuff like that. But I'm just like, you're a public figure and you're portraying your snap back. It was like this. Think about all the other women that are, you know, are seeing you. Like, I think people need to be more transparent and showing them the real struggle. It's not that easy. I have, I've never been pregnant, but um, like, I I know the snapback ain't easy because even me trying to like get this body right. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I feel, yo, I feel that on so many levels. Like even me trying to snap back now is hard. Now imagine me pushing a human out of me, snapping back to It's that. just even like the point of like, trying to find the time. I cannot find the time now with no baby or sometimes even the motivation to wake up in the morning and you're telling me when I have a child to to get up and, and try to do that. Like, it's crazy. Like, shout out to the women that actually do. To do it, yeah. But again, that goes to like two, that's a lot of pressure to have on um, the woman, for sure. Like, a whole lot of pressure. Way too much pressure. I don't, I don't like that at all. I think hopefully... Yeah more conversations like this on bigger platforms like it can kind of debunk that because it's it, that's a, but here's my that's another thing like is that's going to contribute for me personally my postpartum already done with the baby now I got people telling me but well, you look like this you look like that my mental can't handle that so I just need people to be more aware uh, and more sensitive to to the way that a woman's already when it comes to body image very sensitive to that so now you're telling me after I just gave birth, my hormones are like, be more sensitive to the mental health of a mother. Like understand that things are going to be like 10 times more than what they were. And first of all, it's none of your business to comment on my body regardless, number one. But number two, if you're going to say something, just take a second and think she just gave birth. Okay. She's probably wearing the same t-shirt for the past five days. She doesn't care what she looks like right now. Neither should I like, let me help her do, let me let, like, let her take a nap versus me commenting on her weight and how she looks. Um, before I forget, there was something Ellie said during the postpartum um, conversation that I wanted to get back to really quick. Ellie, you said something in the lines of like, if you need to be like the best person for yourself. And I always say on this podcast, anything regarding mothers and like even fathers, but we're just about mothers. It's kind of like, I feel like we're expected once, like you said, once we're pregnant, it's like, okay, like, how are you? Did you eat? And then once you have the baby, it's kind of like, 
more towards the baby and kind of people forget about you. And now you're automatically supposed to be mom mode and be completely selfless for the rest of your life. Or at least within the first six months to a year, like the baby, 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 baby. And I always say that like, you cannot put anyone before yourself because if you're not right, no one else around you will be right. And I think there is a lot of stigma and a lot of um, mom hate when a mom of a newborn three months wants to go out for one night with her girls. Like, well, you just had a baby three months ago. What are you doing? Oh, so you're really going to drink and you're going to pump pump and dump, like pump your breast milk and dump it? Because yes, I am. Yes, I am. Because I need this mental break. Because if I, I heard a lot of women say, like, I'm in the house with the baby all the time. I'm going crazy. That can lead to very, very serious consequences. That can lead to postpartum depression but and honestly we've heard those cases where people say they go stir crazy in the house and god forbid they do something ill towards their child like we need to take away that stigma of my life is now for my baby your life is for yourself and your baby's a beautiful addition but the minute you let yourself your mental go and only focus and have the pressure of only focusing on one person you're not going to be good for your baby because you're not good for yourself. So I just want to say to all the moms out there who get hate for going out with their friends or wanting to take a nap or wanting to have a break, like you deserve it. You deserve it 10 times fold. And I know you're not even going to get that. So don't let anyone bring you down for putting yourself first because everyone else around you is putting themselves first. And you need to be the best person you can be in order to be the best mom you can be to your baby. And that's on Mary had a little lamb, okay? <laughs> but, but that's me and Stephanie's mantra. Like, is it mantra or mantra? I think, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but regardless, that's me and Stephanie. Like, we always say, like, if I can't pour, like, there's no way that I can pour into you if I don't pour into myself. I can't make sure you're good if, like, if I'm not mentally good. So that's the same thing, too. Self-care is important. Mothers, self-care is important. Being the best version of yourself so you can be the best mother for your baby is important but in order to do that you have to pour into yourself you have to make sure you're okay you need to get the help that you need so you're able to properly again pour into your baby and your baby can feel everything like yeah make sure you're you're doing things to make yourself feel happy like right um i don't know if it's like watching a movie Mm -hmm. just doing your makeup like going out to eat yes just little things heard you I'm, gonna be that I'm literally going to be that mother right after I have my baby. I know I'm going out to hang out with the girls because I'm that kind of person. Like mentally, I need that. I I can't be in I can't be in my house. I can't be in my room because if I'm if that's me, I'm just too too much in my head. I already know myself. I need to get out there. I need to enjoy myself, and so I can still be that great mom. I have um I know this person that literally just had a baby, and I think like four to five months after she was like hanging out with her friends and everything. And I was cheering her on. She, she literally goes on trips and drops the baby off at um, grandma and grandpa's house. And I'm like, good for you. Keep doing that. You know? And she's um, her and her boyfriend together go on trips. And a lot of times in relationships, you could see that conflict comes right after the baby, because a lot of relationships, like the baby before it was you two. Now there's a third person. So it's just like, there's a, there's like this, you know, there's this issue in the relationship because it's just like now you have to find a way to like make it three people. So it's nice that they still are making the relationship like sparked by going on trips together and, you know, still making memories together. I totally forget what I was saying. (laughs) (laughs)
Oh, when she said you're dropping it at grandma and grandpa, it's like, as long as that, you know, they're fine with that, that will be me. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you still matter. Like, you as an individual still matter. Obviously, still be the best mother. Clearly, I'm not saying don't tend to your child at all, but I'm saying you, like, you also still exist. Yeah. Sure. So um, our next question, so why, I feel like this whole episode kind of answers this question, why it's important to have women who look like us in the space of healthcare and to have these conversations. Like, I feel like everyone knew from the very beginning of the episode, I was just so happy that like, we're all gaining, like we're all in the healthcare field. We're all striving for that. We're all beautiful black queens. We're all Haitian. Like there's something powerful in this, just this conversation alone. So I just feel like the whole episode just answered, like it's important that people like that look like us are in this field because there's no one else is going to understand what we go through. Not even just the stereotype black women, obviously each and each black woman has their own individual experiences. Like all four of us, we're not the same, even though we're in the same health, we're in the same field and we have the same culture. But just to have one person that looks like you, for me personally, gives me a sense of comfort. Like, okay, I can breathe just a little bit easier. I can hold my breath for a second less because I know she's down the hall or I know I can talk to her. Um, So I just, I guess the question is like, why do you guys think that people like us matter? How can we really make an impact and how can we make other people who look like us feel like their voices are heard? Well, I feel like in general, there's just, there's a lack of trust um, between healthcare providers and black people. We do not trust them. And when we're more up to seeing people like us, that's just going to make us, that's going to make us tell like, Whatever we're doing that we're not supposed to be doing, whether it's smoking, drinking, the third, um, we're going to be more honest. Like, we're going to be, and that will make them better be able to help us. So it's like, um, I just feel like the lack of trust is the is a big reason why. I also feel like we're in tough times right now. Like, we're in very, very tough times. And... Um, not to even bring it off toppings, but even like the killings of like black people, like by like, 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 like hands of like white policemen and so on. I think it still ties into why I feel like I want to see someone that looks like me because truth be told, sometimes even now when I see like a white cop, like I'm kind of like, 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 you know, like kind of get scared. And I feel like that's kind of how it goes when I'm in the doctor's office. Not saying that I think I'm, something bad's going to happen, but like you mentioned, like it's just a little bit more comforting. And again, not saying that I believe that, um, that the, not saying that I, not saying that I don't believe that the white healthcare worker isn't going to do their job effectively. Like I still believe that they will, but I feel like if I see someone who looks like me again, I feel like you understand me a little bit more. I feel like you're like, it's like a little bit more relatable. Um, it's just comforting. It's yeah. so comforting. And again, times are crazy. So if I see someone who looks like me, I'm going to be like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you everything else that's happening. Right. <laughs> um, to your point, Francesca, there's a word for this, and I forgot the word. But basically, it's just kind of like this um, belief or theory that just from even though we aren't enslaved the way our ancestors were enslaved but that trauma that they went through we inherited it like genetically like it's in us somehow some way 
she even mentioned um, police brutality. Like, when I see a white cop, I'm automatically goosebumps, like, oh, Jesus. Like, you know what I mean? There's already a PTSD we have ingrained in us that, and we haven't even suffered that same situation. Like, I personally, thank God, have never been in a situation where my life was over, almost taken by a cop or anyone I know near and dear to my heart that's happened because just off of racism. You would think I had. Because the way I just tense up, I clench up, like I'm going through all these feelings just from watching someone that I don't even know, but who looks like me go through that situation. And just even the history of the women, of women being used, of Black people being used for like guinea pigs for surgery, no anesthesia, pregnancy, like we were used and abused in order for them to just figure out how to make it work. So it's just kind of like that distrust already has just fallen on us. And I just think it was a great point that you made because it's like, even though it's kind of like you said, oh, it's off topic, it's really not because all of these factors come into us and come in, whether we realize it or not, we are suffering from our ancestors' um, slavery and their um, the the abuse that they went through, the depression that they went through, like already out of the womb, I just feel like we're already, we, the anxiety is there, the depression's there. Like already we are, we have a dark cloud on us, unfortunately. And it's like, obviously as a baby, you don't see that, but it grows up and you grow, you grow up with that. And that is in your blood, that is in your bones, that is in your pigment, that is in our melanin. And to have someone else who I know understands that and won't think I'm crazy for that because it's not scientifically proven, but to understand that they understand that on a cultural level, on a race level, I'm going to be a lot more comfortable to speak to someone that looks like me, that understands that, because this is a trauma. This is a PTSD. This is this is an experience that you're ne- a white person will never understand. Only someone who looks like me can understand that. And I just think it's very important that we use the time God has given us on this earth, the education we have, the ability to even walk into a classroom where we have white counterparts where we weren't able to do before in order to literally just speak life and help that other Black little girl when she grows up feel more comfortable to talk to us in order for us to help her. Yes, yes. I love it. Um, Being Black and being a female in the healthcare system is tiring and it's complex um depending on all the different careers you're in just in general just going to the hospital there's so diff- so many different stereotypes um that you might not even know when you're walking in and just seeing someone that looks like you in there just like okay that person right there is going to advocate for me um because she knows me and she knows my struggle um it's not until like now like as I'm getting older where my health has always been important to me um, and it's like now that I'm older, I'm speaking up when I go to the doctor, like there are certain situations I've been through already where it's like, no, I want this test done. You can't tell me I don't need this test. I'm getting this test. What you mean? This is not your body. So it's just like, there's so many racism and stereotypes that are already so against us. So we need to advocate for our pain. We need to advocate for our friends. We need to advocate for the next woman that's going to walk into that um, that hospital or that next woman that's going to see the doctor that is, you know, giving you a hard time. And we just need to advocate for ourselves and just continue to just speak up and not um, be silenced because we already know how difficult it is. Like you guys just talking about how um, once you see a white cop, 
Um, it's just like how Tati's mentioning how like, you know, it's already engraved in us um, from slavery. It's just now with all this like awareness of um, Black maternal um, mortality, it's like the more I see it, the more it creates this fear in me. And I'm just like, if this woman is going through this, like, how do I know this might not go through me? It's like creating this fear. But what's so great about awareness and um, what's so great about awareness is that you are educated and you learn. And when the great thing about education is that when you are educated, you can make a change and that's making a change for yourself. So when you're going into the, when you're going into the hospital and meeting with your doctor, you know, the questions to ask. And I remember Tati mentioned that in our last episode, when you act like, you know what you're talking about, best believe ain't nobody going to fool you. So act like, you know what you're talking about, ask for the tests and don't, don't sound nervous, say it with confidence and when you do that, they won't try to belittle you and they won't try to silence you. So definitely advocate for yourself and definitely speaking up and definitely having that confidence when you go into the hospital um, and talking to your doctor. And say don't be afraid to ask for a different, yeah, say it with your chest. And don't be afraid to ask for a different doctor. If your doctor is not listening to you, don't be afraid. And I remember I saw this post once that said that if your doctor refuses to give you a test, like literally, um, um, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. They was like, make sure that that is, that is noted. That is definitely noted that whatever, whatever test that you requested that, and they did not, they're like, no, you don't need that. Make sure that is noted. And don't, don't let somebody control you and your body. You know, your body best. So if your body don't feel right, speak up for yourself. Oh, so sorry. I kind of forgot where my thing was, but um, I love how you mentioned just being like an advocate for yourself. I think that's important. And also even these healthcare professionals are supposed to be our advocates as well, too. So even you saying like, hey, like I like really want to test done. And there's been times, there's been so many times where I've asked for something. It's like, oh, you don't really need it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, but again, being able to be, it's like, if they're not going to be an advocate for you, Again, it's important that you're an advocate for yourself because then that forces them to kind of do their job, you know? Right. So I love how you mentioned the whole advocacy thing because that's the point. The only reason why we're here. So advocate for the yeah. <laughs> so That's the only thing we have. <laughs> so yeah. Definitely. So that was actually the last question we have. But um, now we have a segment called Melon Monday and where we highlight Black creatives, entrepreneurs, Black people just doing their thing in the commu community and defying the odds. And obviously, we have you guys here. So you guys are our Melon Monday. So this time, it's kind of like, tell us where we can find you, how we can support. And um, I also want you guys to talk about, I know you guys um, did the fundraiser in the past. And I really want you guys to talk about that because this kind of just goes back to us saying that like, even though you guys aren't where you guys want to be in the field, you guys are still making a difference and still using your platform to do so. And tell us how we can help in the future. Um, okay, so yeah. we are Haitian Women Rise. You can find us on Instagram, Haitian Women Rise. It's <laughs> spelled exactly like that. Um, so our platform is to educate and emp um, empower and basically like educate as much as we can pregnant women guide them throughout their journey, help them in any way that we can. Um, 
we did the rising we did the rising basket fundraiser and in that fundraiser we pretty much were able to serve 10 haitian women who were either immigrants refugees or just haitian women that really needed um the, the basket that was given to them and within the basket there was so many things that was inside of it we had diapers we had um bottles bibs like hygiene care we had stuff for like the mother as well for like se- yeah self care for like the mother um we had form- we had so many things to, to give them and even the look on their face was just so priceless. That was the most rewarding part, honestly. Yeah, because, again, like, someone had to recommend them. So they didn't even see it coming. Like, we were just yeah. like, hey, um, you don't know us, but someone gave us your address, and we're kind of like, you gift. <laughs> beautiful. That's really so, beautiful. Yeah, so it was good. It was, it was really, really beautiful. Like, we were in the car like, oh, my gosh, we did this. Like, yeah. Uh, we plan to do more. Yeah. Um. We also want to do events. Yes. Um, Our (laughs) next, well, we don't know if it's our next thing. Like, we know we're going to do, like, a Mother's Day giveaway. Um, We, like, want to start getting into, like, scholarships and so on because for, but scholarships for people that's going to enter, like, the, enter, like, yeah, enter, like, the medical field. Because we know how hard it is to look for scholarships and pay for school and so on. It's a struggle within itself that I'm even dealing with. Um, So we just want to be able to even serve someone that wants to go back to school. Um, There's so many things we want to (laughs) do. That is great. Um, That that story is just so beautiful. I'm very, very proud of you guys for just doing that. One thing I want to say, I know we talked about this, um, our last meeting. Your name is Haitian Women Rise, which you guys do service other people of other cultures, correct? You can talk a little bit about that. Yes, so we are Haitian Women Rise, but um, serve all women, specifically women of color, I I would say. Um, Our first event did tend to Haitian community only because we did believe that we want to start off with home. Um, And again, because we do come come from the Haitian community, yeah, we just wanted to do we a little something, like, something. We wanted to start there. Yeah, and yeah. And then, you know, and then branch out. Yeah, exactly. And branch out. But it's all women of color. Yeah, it's all women of, like, color. So even the, the next things that we're going to be doing, it's going to be open to black, brown. As long as you got some melanin, you, we're here for you, okay? We're here to help. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I just, I love- I just want to say, oh, go ahead, Ellie. I, was, I just want to also say that I love the name Haitian Women Rise. It's 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 a really nice name. It's yeah. a really nice name. Yeah. It really shows what you're doing in the community. And um, I hope that no matter what obstacle comes your way, guys, that you guys continue doing this, because I'm sure that there's people out here that you guys are going to bless throughout this whole journey. I want to add, since you're speaking about obstacles, I just want to point this out. I just love how you said any women of color like melanin. And I know some people may take offense to that, but we're already so, throughout this whole episode, you already see the disadvantages that we face. So I just think it's beautiful and that you guys are caring enough, willing enough, and brave enough to say that, yes, I care for all women, but these this is for women that look like me. This is for the babies that will look like me. And I think that yeah, it's, there's something beautiful in that. And I know because you guys are doing amazing things, you guys will face the obstacle of people trying to, well, they're going to try all lives matter the situation. Well, there's other women that did it. Yes, 
That is true, but it's for us. This is for me to get to someone who looks like me because I understand what that means. And I just think it's a beautiful thing that you guys are able to stand in that and stand true in that. Right. Right. Even if you were to look, because that's something that we were even having a hard time, like trying to figure out in terms of what we wanted to do. We definitely thought about what people were going to say. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the need is there right now. Like black women need help. That's a fact. The the statistics show it. So Mm -hmm. it's like, we're going to cater to the need. Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, people like us, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. No, I like I was just going to co-sign with her that I feel like if you look at the rates of um, black women who are dying, um, like why, like whether that's while giving birth or afterwards or whatever it is, the rates are really like sad. The first video that we watched, like I think we were like, oh, my gosh, like we were about to tear up because the rates are gross. Um, so if that means that we have to say like, hey, this is who we are tending to because this is who needs us, then that's what it is. And I don't think anybody should question that. And again, even with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, I'm not saying all lives don't matter. I'm not saying all pregnant people don't matter. Yes, we do. Because at the end of the day, we're all God's people. We all matter. But at this time, this is who needs us. Yeah. So. Period. You don't. You yeah. to be fine because we kind of went through the same thing when we were doing with our melanin Mondays. It's kind of like, oh, well, melanin. Like that's pretty transparent. Like we're only going black people. That's who we're going for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like you you marginalize a whole group of people, and it's like I don't care. I don't care because yeah. I'm trying to get my black people on the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the people who are literally going are defying the odds by just waking up every day and doing what they're doing. That's who I'm gonna highlight. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And and if statistics show me that another race needs us, by all means, then we will focus our attention to yeah. that. But at this moment, at this time, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. Well, guys, thank you for joining us. This conversation was amazing. Um I, I really I really enjoyed this episode. Um I don't know if you guys can tell, like there's a genuine a genuine vibe going on here. Like it yeah. was just it was great. Um, hopefully, you guys can see us work together in the future. Yeah. With your fundraisers, like we would love. To we can meet in person, right? We can meet in person. Um, I just want to thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for what you're doing. It I can't say it enough. It's amazing, and you guys are changing the community more than you know. And I know you guys are going to do great, amazing things. Creating this platform for us to talk yeah. about it. What you guys are doing is amazing. Like right. Like you guys are having conversations about serious stuff and things that right. we just need to laugh about. Okay. Exactly. And I think like you guys creating that space to talk about vulnerable things, funny things, whatever it is, that space is so needed. So important. Yeah. So we thank you guys for having us. Um, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I look forward to working with you guys. Yes, for um, sure. Definitely. So you guys 
our listeners, you guys can go find their page. We're going to be posting it on Monday. So go click that follow button mm-hmm. and make sure you guys go follow them and stay posted for the next time we collab together and we do a project together. Definitely, definitely. Um, if you guys already don't know, Girlfriend's Guide underscore podcast, go ahead and click that follow button on Instagram. If you guys noticed our post that we did earlier in the month, we got some announcements coming, maybe out by now, may not be. So definitely, you don't want to miss out and if you want to see this conversation live see the genuine the genuineness go ahead and follow us on youtube girlfriend's guide podcast where you can are able to see our faces able to see reactions able to just enhance your girlfriend's guide experience so once again thank you for joining us and we will see you on the next episode bye guys bye. Bye. <laughs>